Hello and welcome to How to Start Up, a podcast for anyone starting a company. This is a collection of conversations with people who have all successfully started, run and even sold their own companies, sharing not only professional but personal experiences on what we should be doing now, next or never. In this episode, we hear from writer, editor and brand consultant Robin Swithenbank. Robin has been an employee, an employer and is now a sole trader, so it could be said to understand the world of work from all its angles. He reminds us that work doesn't and shouldn't define us in however we choose to do it. Hi Robin, thank you so much for joining How to Start Up today. It would be great if you could give a brief introduction as to who you are and what it is you do. Well, hi Julia, thank you for inviting me on your podcast. My name is Robin Swithinbank. So I am currently a, a writer, a journalist, an editor, um, a consultant. I have been in the media business for about 20 years. I began my career at uh, agency side. I was an agency boy for over 10 years. And then about five or six years ago, I moved into more sort of traditional men's lifestyle editorial. I was editor of the Gentleman's Journal for a period. And then from there, I broke away and started my own company, uh, which was called FDR London. And through FDR London, we published a magazine called The Jackal. And The Jackal was launched in March 2017, if I remember correctly. And I worked for that company. I ran that company uh, with a couple of co-directors for two and a half years, and then broke away to go freelance. Uh, So I'm currently a, a freelance writer, editor, journalist, consultant, working as a sole trader. So you've been PAYE, you've been a business owner and a sole trader. Yes. Is that a full set? Is that like the perfect hat trick in football? I think it is. Left foot, right foot header. And you're the only guest to have done all three. So I was wondering if you could provide a bit of perspective on the differences between them. Well, yes, they. I mean, they are all obviously very different. I and mean, I started my career PAYE and very much enjoyed being uh, in someone else's employee because I had a very good boss. In fact, bosses. I, it was a small agency with four directors, all of whom were hugely experienced and also hugely nice men who mentored me and uh, taught me a huge amount in a, well, ended up being 10, 12 years. But I learned a lot very quickly from them when I started my career and thoroughly enjoyed working there. Obviously, PAYE comes with all sorts of securities. No job is entirely secure. Of course, you can lose your job, your comp- company you work for might go bust all sorts of things could go wrong but ultimately the paycheck that lands in uh, in your bank account at the end of the month is in theory regular um, and things like tax are taken care of pensions perhaps if you signed up for a scheme and of course, ultimately, the whether the business lives or dies is not strictly your responsibility, even if you're contributing to it. Running your own business, well, comes with all sorts of different levels of responsibility to, to yourself, to your company, uh, to the people you are in partnership with, to the people you employ, and then, of course, to the many clients and suppliers and, and partners that you have through the business. It's harder to sleep at night when you're running your own business. <laughs> I think it's probably fair to conclude. That R word comes up a lot, actually. And people have said, as long as you're at peace with it, you'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, and I think it was a it was a really interesting experiment for me to see whether I enjoyed that responsibility or not. I mean, I suppose to sort of complete the the, the trio, I'm, I'm a sole trader now, and I'm obviously responsible again to myself, and you know, I'm putting a roof over my family's head and so on. But I work with a, a vast number of newspapers, magazines, uh, brands. The responsibility dynamic is alive and well, and I very much enjoy that. But I think uh, the responsibility dynamic is much stronger when you're running your own business because, or particularly if you're employing people. Because you know that ultimately the energies that you put in, the efforts you put in and the successes that you have have a direct impact on those people who are relying on you to pump some money into their bank account every month. Overall, I think I did enjoy it, but uh, I decided ultimately that the uh, responsibility was, was probably greater than I was prepared to take on. 
relative to the other things I wanted to achieve in my life and the priorities that I had. Do you feel now that as you're a sole trader, you have more control over your day-to-day and your workload and how you run your business? Uh, To be perfectly frank, yes. I think when you're in partnership with with directors, fellow directors, um, then you have to daily recognize that um, there is the potential for conflict just as there is the the potential for alchemy. Um, And you sort of walk a fairly fine line um, between those two on a daily basis. So uh, obviously you go into business with people with whom you hope you will have minimal conflict and with whom you will have maximum alchemy. And I think uh, without giving too much away, um, because I have a huge amount of respect for those people I was in business with, and one of whom I actually still work quite closely with in an in a, in a independent capacity. Um, we we ended up uh, walking more sort of walking the line of conflict more often than we walk the line of alchemy. And I'm a people person. I'm a relationships person. I'm I'm green on the color wheel, and I started to find that very stressful. And that wasn't necessarily because anybody was right or wrong. Obviously, we had our, our views on whether we were right or wrong on certain matters. But it was often because we were just very different people. Um, and sometimes it was because we had uh, we did have different values. And these are really fascinating things to work through. And I, I, mean, I enjoyed hugely, actually, the process of working with um, a coach, uh, a, a professional sort of executive coach who came and helped us try to establish um, who we were and how we could work best together. I found all that absolutely fascinating. And I must say, I one of, the, one of the great things about that responsibility dynamic uh, is that you learn an awful lot about yourself. Um, and there were things that were, were revealed to me about myself, which um, I hadn't expected and which I'm better off for knowing now. And what was the best piece of advice that you were offered when you first started? That's a good question. Be careful. <laughs> well, maybe I should rephrase that to say, what piece of advice would you offer others now if they're starting? Well, I mean, in a sense, be careful is, is a very good piece of advice. I think I think one of the symptoms of being entrepreneurial is that you want to achieve things and often in a hurry. <laughs> That's so funny. Someone said that to me today that you're very impatient, you know, and I was like, yeah. And entrepreneurs have to be impatient because if they weren't, then nothing would ever get done. This is why economies need wonderful entrepreneurs because otherwise they stagnate and die. So the the, the entrepreneurial spirit is a a wonderful, wonderful thing, but it it often needs tempering. I think there's a a constant tension there. So the entrepreneur will always want to get things done quickly, but it's, it's hard to... Take that extra breath. I remember playing golf with for the guy called Jamie Donaldson. And if you're into golf, you'll know that he sunk the uh, the winning putt in the Ryder Cup, possibly 2014. And uh, I played with him the year after. I said to him, you know, you must have felt nerves on another level when you were standing on that first tee in front of thousands of roaring fans. And he said, well, yes, absolutely, I do. But the one thing that uh, I've had to train myself to do in order to perform uh, under those levels of pressure is just to slow everything right down. And I thought that was quite interesting. I mean, it obviously applies to sport. There's always a certain rush of adrenaline and sometimes it pays just to slow down a little bit, take a breath and try and consider what you're about to do. So it really is having that foresight and ensuring you do take that breath. And do you find as a sole trader, you've really adopted that? Uh, it's definitely the experience of, of running my own business and uh, all that, that entailed has helped me to just make better decisions. And I don't just mean in work, I mean in life generally. Um, I think, yes, when it comes to working with clients or suppliers or particular titles or particular individuals, then yes, uh, being a being a sole trader does give you uh, a little bit more flexibility, gives you a little bit more time, because you grant yourself the time to take a step back and say, do I really want to do this? Does this fit with my 
values? Does it fit with my priorities? And that is uh, is an essential thing to to work out before you embark on something because uh, if you get it wrong, then it can it can hurt. It can be painful. It can be costly. What was the most surprising thing you learned about yourself when you became your own boss? I think uh, I've always sort of been led to believe, and I'm, I'm not. This isn't necessarily wrong, but. I've always been led to believe that I have great leadership qualities, but I found being in leadership much more of a challenge than I had expected I would. And I think uh, I found that I was uh, probably more reluctant leader than I than I had expected. How did you challenge yourself with that and overcome it? How did I overcome that? <laughs> I left. Um, <laughs> no, I think again, this is I mean, it was surprising, but it was it was a really useful thing to learn. And I think. Uh, I was once quite skeptical about personality tests, uh, very much of the sort of postmodern view that, you know, well, one day I might be this guy and the next day I might be someone else, um, depending on how I feel, depending on what the chemicals in my body are doing, depending on, you know, whether it's sunny outside or not. And one of the things that I've discovered in uh, in doing uh, various uh, tests in recent years is that I'm extremely introverted, which came as a huge surprise to my... Really? No. Well, there you are. I came out 93% introverted. I think one of the things that I learned was that I'm actually often more effective and more productive when given the time and the space to work by myself. Self. Which led you to become a sole trader, presumably. Exactly, yeah. And I th- if I'm looking five years back in time, I think I should have had more respect for the business of, of, of figuring out your personality and your character. So if you're about to start a business, it might be worth investing some time into knowing your personality traits before you commit to something that you're fully invested in. Yes. And do you have any advice about pricing at all? Goodness, I, th- I mean, I think it depends on what industry you're in, obviously. But I think if there's a mantra to stick by, it's to know your own value based on your experience, your network, and of course, the quality of the product that you're offering. Um, price yourself accordingly. And if you could go back and do it all over again, is there anything you wouldn't do again? Or sort of moments you face planted? <laughs> I'm sure there are, yeah. Looking back, I think I would say, I would say to my 30-year-old self, go and do something else. Go and find a job somewhere else for five years and you know, work with some different people, learn some more about yourself. And it's only when you are put to the test, or what I'm finding now is that when you start to test and learn from experiences as you're going through it, you discover things you didn't even know you were capable of. Oh, completely. Completely. And I, one of those scenarios where if, if somebody is thinking about starting their own business, assuming they've got a good idea, because there's no point in starting a business if you haven't got a good idea. Um, but if you've got a good idea, then go for it, even if you know it blows up spectacularly. Uh, one of the pieces of advice that I picked up as I was deliberating over whether or not to leave my business, offered by a guy called Brian Dyson. He was speaking to a group of students and he was asked for some advice on how to manage your work-life balance. And he, he, he used the example of what I think has become known as the five balls. And those five balls were work, family, health, friends, and spirit. He said, you're juggling these five balls all the time. And he said, four of them, uh, family, health, friends, and spirit, they're made of glass. And so if you drop them, they will scratch, they will scuff. And in the worst case scenario, they'll actually smash. But he said, the work ball is made of rubber. And if you drop it, it will bounce. And I found that really instructive because at that time, I think I had made work uh, my glass ball. And the other four were all, I mean, I'd, I'd hoped that they were, they were rubber balls, but of course they weren't. And so my health was starting to suffer. My spirit was starting to suffer. My friendships and, of course, and my, my home life was starting to suffer. I was tired. I was irritable. I was unfocused. Um, I wasn't able to sort of switch over in those spare pockets of time that I had um, for my family. And I had young children at the time. I mean, it, it was a very instructional piece of advice because it made me realize that this work ball that I was clinging onto for dear life 
um, which was starting to sort of poison me, um, I had to let go of it. I had to let go of the company which I founded and which I'd helped build up and which I was so proud of in order to um, save uh, those those four glass balls and prevent them from from dropping and smashing. Yeah, that's a really good way of viewing it, actually. And also for the precious new company someone might be starting with, to know that it's made of rubber and it will bounce is a huge comfort blanket for me to hear. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's the company itself. I think I think it's you. And I think, actually, it doesn't have to be work that defines us. Work can define part of us. And it's extremely important to, to have work and to work hard and to do the best you can do. But at the same time, I think if we, if we recognize that we all have skills, we all have abilities, we all have talents, we all have something to bring to the table, you know, if not this job, then another job. I'm conscious at this particular moment in time, that's quite a sensitive piece of advice to give because there may well be people who are listening to this who uh, have been furloughed or have lost their jobs as a consequence of the pandemic and maybe, you know, scratching their heads thinking, where the heck is my next job going to come from? I do believe that, uh, yes, the, the work ball is rubber and it will bounce. Well, and that's it. And for, for me, one of many people this year that have lost their jobs, it's a case of if not now, then when. So coming off a low base, it's quite a good time to start because you've got nothing to lose. And then, then you take the breath going, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. So now that you're a very well established sole trader, what is the thing you enjoy the most about it? I mean, the, the thing about being a sole trader is you, you take all the risk on yourself, but at the same time, you have a huge amount of freedom. But I, th- I mean, there's, there's much more to it than the freedom. I think for me, I enjoy the variety of my work. So as a sole trader, of course, I, I dip into, if you like, numerous different projects. I dip into teams and I work with lots of different people and often really very closely as well. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoy the variety of not just the sort of work that we're doing, but also working with these different people who might come from massive companies or who might be, I mean, as, as in the case with you, but working by themselves and, and, and doing something new and entrepreneurial and exciting. And how do you manage that juggle, given that you've got multiple stakeholders? Do you have advice around that? I think one thing I've always been quite good at is is being disciplined. Naturally, I'm not much of a procrastinator. I mean, I know how to relax, but uh, but I don't procrastinate during the day. I'm quite driven, quite ambitious. And then I think within the course of you know any given day, when it comes to managing all those different relationships, it's about priority. It's about working out who needs what fastest. Sometimes that means that you know the working day can be quite stressful um, and quite long. Um, other days it means that uh, it's quite simple to say, do you know what, I can do that tomorrow and that's fine. The practicalities of being focused and disciplined are, are quite simple, really. I mean, we all know that we're wildly distracted by social media and email and goodness knows what else that our devices throw at us. And so sometimes it is simply a case of saying, right, I've, I've got to sit down and write 800 words. So I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode. I'm going to turn my email off. And, and it's often staggering how much you can actually achieve in, a, in quite a short space of time simply by turning everything else off. I think as a sort of a daily discipline to say there's got to be an hour or two in my day where I am not answering an email. That's OK. It's all right not to answer an email immediately. And what is it you enjoy the least? Oh, tax returns. Easy. Yep, I have certainly heard that before. Is there any last piece of advice that you'd like to offer up that's <laughs> golden that I may have forgotten to ask you about? That's golden. Oh, yes. Oh, so many golden things. <laughs> um, I, I was doing some with, um, with a, a men's mental health charity a while ago, and I, I chaired a panel. And somebody put their hand up and said, you know, how do you guys go about making decisions? And you know, the one or two people on the panel said some some good things. And, and then somebody asked me directly as the panel host, somebody said, you know, Robin, what, what do you think? And I thought, okay, 
I, I, I sort of share, shared a thought that had been percolating in my mind for a little while previously and which has stayed with me since, which is this idea of a priority tree. And I think when it comes to making decisions in our work and in our families, we, we need to have a really clear idea of our priorities. So for me, there are five things in my priority tree. And I think five is, is, a, is a pretty solid number to have. If you have 10, then it becomes very complicated. If you have three, it's probably oversimplified. So for me, at the top would be, be spirit. My wife would come next. So that might be your partner or your spouse or, or, or whoever. Then my family. And then below that work. And then number five is social life and all the other fun stuff. And when it comes to deciding how to spend my time, I tend to, to make decisions through the lens of the priority tree. Fantastic. Thank you, Robin, so much. It's been really insightful and I have learned so much. Pleasure. Great to be on. Thanks, Julia. It's been instructive to hear about Robin's priority tree and how he disciplines himself to keep work at number four in his list of five important things in his life. I think when you're starting a company and juggling so many things at once, that focus is really, really helpful. If you'd like to get in touch with Robin, you'll find all of his contact details in the show notes, along with a recap of all the advice he has so kindly shared. Thank you for listening to How to Start Up, hosted by me, Juliet Fallowfield, founder of PR consultancy for startups Fallowfield and Mason. I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. And if you'd like to submit a question for a future guest, please head over to the SpeakPipe link in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd be so appreciative if you were to rate, review and subscribe as it will really help other people starting a company discover it. Thank you.